an epic song for an epic week. How are you guys? What's happening? What's new? You're listening to the brand new episode of In Love With The Process. I'm your host, Mike. Come on in. Grab a beer. Uh, actually, don't grab a beer today. We've had way too many beers this week. Way too many beers. Way too much great food. Uh, I like My body itself is just screaming at me to, uh, dude, take it easy. Relax. This is a vegetable week. You got to just take it. You got to take it easy, Mike. <laughs> You got to take it easy. My heart rate's through the roof. Uh, I had so much great food this week. I'm very, very happy um, with uh, how it all turned out. I got to hang out with my buddy, David Cruda. He was in town. Uh, that was sort of the catalyst of everything. And uh, if you've been following me on Instagram at Mike Petchy or the podcast at In Love With The Process Pod on Instagram, you have seen uh, what we've been up to. Uh, yes, we went to Cinegear. For those of you who don't know what Cinegear is, it is uh, a gear convention out here in Los Angeles. It's not as big as NAB, um, but it's better. Although everybody that has been to prior uh, Cinegear conventions were just bitching at the fact that it used to take place on the Paramount lot. Um, And this year it took place down at the convention center here in Los Angeles. And I was like, this is my first show. Why would you fucking ruin it? By telling me it was at a studio before this. Why you got to be such an asshole? <laughs> uh, it was fun. We got to go, hang out, see some sponsors, visit some folks, look at some new gear. How many of you spent way too much money, money that you don't have on the new Aerie Alexa this week? Yeah. Uh, what did that baby go for? What was it? The base package, like 75000 or something? Holy shit. Um, yeah, they made a lot of money this week. They made a lot of money uh, with the release of that new uh, camera. And uh, I'm not going to lie. It looks cool. It looks like it's doing some really beautiful stuff. Um, But uh, I'm not blowing 75 grand. (laughs) I'll rent the fucking thing. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, But yeah, that was like the the big draw of uh, Cinegear this year. But we were more excited about going and, and A, checking in with our friends that uh, were in town, our friends from all these different sponsorship companies, but be uh, going to see a lot of like really cool lenses, uh, really cool filtration stuff. Uh, Gina and I got really nerdy with some uh, grain creation. So like if you wanted to add 35 millimeter grain to your footage in like a very organic way and not in an overlay way, uh, those of you who are in post-production and color, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so it's fun. And most importantly, most importantly, I got to just, uh, how many days was it? Five days, six days? I got to just chill. I got to hang with Crew Dog. We got to uh, hang out with a bunch of our friends. I can't wait to tell you the absolute insane adventures that we've been on. Because uh, some of them were pretty fucking wacky. Um, but before I do, how's everybody? What's happening? How's your summer? You guys working? You not working? Do you care anymore? <laughs> is an interesting question. Uh, what are you guys putting together? Um, are you guys planning a barbecue this year? You going to do a few? You going to a wedding? Ugh, what's going on? Is it getting busy? Because right about now, June is when shit just starts to go and fucking fast forward. Have you noticed this? I'm recording this on the 13th, so today's Monday. I have the house to myself. Gina's on set today, um, and uh, it's already the 13th of fucking June, man. It's crazy. Uh, I did see some of you at Cinegear, was able to say hello. 
uh, met some fans. I was giving out some pins. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm in the process right now, just so you guys know. Uh, I think I'm going to do this Patreon thing. I'm trying to find the time to put it all together, but I think I'm going to do this Patreon thing. And uh, we're pushing close, man. Where are we at right now? We're pushing close to uh, episode 200. And I've been threatening this for a while. But uh, what is this, like 195 now, 196? Um, once we cross 200, I think I'm going to put most of the first 100 episodes behind a paywall. I'm trying to figure out how to do that correctly, but behind a paywall with Patreon. So if you haven't, if you're a longtime listener and you just haven't made your way through the early episodes, go back, listen to those ones, or even better, don't, and then just support the show. And here's, here's a big question. How many of you guys already support podcasts using Patreon? Um, do you guys dig it? Do you like it? Is there specific things that you would like from our show? So if I offer specific tiers on Patreon, is there stuff that you would like? Would you like special episodes? Would you like uh, maybe some discounts on merch? Would you like access to specific things? Let me know. Let me know. Give me some ideas because I want to put make sure that I put together something um, that you guys feel is uh, worth it, but more importantly, that still stays inclusive in with the group. And don't worry, every new episode of the week will still be for free. We'll still be putting that thing out. Um, but uh, yeah, we're just sort of getting to the point where that needs to happen. Um, I've also had a lot of requests for merch. Like a lot of folks have been asking me about t-shirts. Uh, a lot of people have been asking about the um, storyboard t-shirts. I haven't decided yet. So my, I did this really cool storyboard t-shirt. If you haven't seen it yet, you can probably find it on my Instagram somewhere, um, which was one of my storyboard illustrations of the lovely, talented uh, Miss Evelina Marie. And I did a board uh, with all the really cool stuff on it, sort of like camera direction, all hand sketched, uh, lens choices, et cetera, et cetera. And I made a cool t-shirt. Uh, I think that's only going to be a limited run. So big boo-hoo to those of you who didn't get it when I put it out the first time around. I think I'm going to keep that limited. Um, so everybody that's working on, uh, uh, let's say, a big, maybe a new Zack Snyder movie set thing and people that have been asking about it, yeah, I'm sorry. That shirt's not going to come out. But what I may do is uh, I may do a new storyboard sketch, something that's new and completely interesting. So we'll put that out. Um and we'll see what that looks like. And then I've got a couple of other shirt ideas. I think I'm going to bring Gina in to design all that stuff because she's killer at it. So I'm hoping to get that stuff ready by the end of the summer. Sooner than later is the hope. Um, so get you guys out there promoting and wearing stuff. Uh, big shout out to everybody that has our guest pins or our special pins right now. Love you guys. If you're a listener of the show and you feel like you deserve one of the hundred pins that were designed by the amazing Zach Matthews, uh, who I am getting on the show, by the way. We're going to get him on. If you feel like you deserve that and you're like, well, what's the pin look like? It's essentially the logo, that awesome screaming skull thing on flames that we have. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Um, and I just shot uh, last week, I shot a micro piece with that pin using lights and everything. I think I talked about it in the last episode. Um, yeah, that. So there are specific people out there walking around with that pin. 
was excited because uh, a bunch of the guests that I've had on the show over this course of the season have been remote because of COVID or distance, and I got to see and hang out with them face-to-face and spend some time with them during Cinegear and during all the parties around Cinegear. Um, so I got to hang out with the Frame.io folks and the Adobe folks. So my buddy Charlie Anderson uh, was there. If you guys haven't heard his show, go back and listen to the DIT episode. But Charlie works over at uh, Adobe and Frame.io. And I got to hang out with Alyssa Rooney. You guys just heard her on the show. We got to hang out face to face. I stalked her a bit. I uh, took footage of her taking footage of people, made her feel uncomfortable and posted it on Instagram. (laughs) But most importantly, those two now have pins for the show. Uh, So those you might show up on a set someday and see those pins kicking around. Um, There's only a hundred of them made. So we're we're trying to get them out just to guests and super fans. So if you feel like you're deserving of a super a super fan pin, then just let me know. Um, let's see, what else can I ramble about? Oh, so we got to go to uh, a few different parties and parties that were very fun and exciting. We went to uh, Creative Solutions get together and Creative Solutions. Um, supports Gina, supports the show uh, with, uh, if you guys don't know who Creative Solutions is, it's essentially small HD, it's a wooden camera, it's Terra Deck, um, it's all of that gear that all of you videographers that are listening to the show and all of you assistant camera operators uh, and even DPs out there, you guys love this gear. Everybody's trying to get their hands on this gear. Um, we went over to their offices here in California for a taco, bar, like a taco party. Um, and <laughs> so, okay, so you can only imagine because uh, there's so much to talk about. You can only imagine that this week has been a food filled week, right? Because I don't know, did I mention on the show? I think I talked about uh, Kruda and I and a couple of our friends have our own private text group that is a barbecue group. And I'm not going to tell you the name of the year, but we do have our own little barbecue group. And that is pretty much, it's composed of all sorts of different dudes. So it's like uh, gaffers, uh, um, uh, DPs, uh, camera people, car dealers. <laughs> this is a, the range of folks uh, is really funny and weird, but they're all connected. We are all connected with our love of smoking meats, our love of barbecuing, our love of putting on food uh, for people in a summer setting. You know what I mean? Um, so we have this text group, uh, which when Crudo was here, he was going, you know, he could scroll through the images that have been put in a text group. It didn't occur to me how many meals <laughs> collectively this group has made. It was awe-inspiring. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. The amount of like smoked pork butts and ribs and briskets and the whole run of it. He was just scrolling through going, did you ever look at how many images that we've sent each other? Um, so one would assume that when crew dog is in town, uh, it's a food time and yes, the assumptions are correct. Uh, I made sure to take him to as many of my favorite new food places as possible. Um, and I didn't think we were going to do a barbecue, but we did one last night. We did a last minute barbecue and it was fucking epic, epic. We'll get to that soon. Um, but yeah, no, we did the food excursion. And so when he first showed up, uh, Dave ended up 
Uh, I picked him up from the airport and I took him down to Hallbox. Have you guys been to Hallbox here in Los Angeles? Um, my buds over at Scott Free took me down there last week. Uh, and it's fucking awesome. It's this little taco spot. Um, it's in sort of a food court. Uh, I forget exactly what part of town it is, but it's like south. It's underneath downtown Los Angeles, essentially. Um, and it's this food court that is all, I'd say Mexican inspired. So it's like a lot of like taco carts, a lot of different, um, uh, basically Latin inspired foods in there. And uh, Hallbox does uh, fish and they do like fish tacos. Uh, and these guys do, oh my God, ceviche. I had an uni, I had an uni ceviche that was amazing. Uh, octopus tacos that were fucking phenomenal. Uh, I've been posting those pictures on my Instagram account. You can totally see if you're coming into Los Angeles and these guys don't sponsor me. I, I just like giving out suggestions to my friends and I consider you guys and girls, my friends on the show. If you want epic, epic, epic seafood tacos with really great flavors and really great sauces, check out Hallbox. That's H-O-L-B-O-X, I think. Um, you can look them up on Instagram. Epic. Really great. Very down to earth. Very chill. It's, it, they kind of treat their place like, um, like a sushi bar. Very small setting. You go there, you order a bunch of tacos. <laughs> when I went with the Scott Free, when I went with my buddy from Scott Free, uh, we ordered one of every taco for each of us. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was like nine, ten tacos. Uh, so yeah, Sam took me over there, and I had a blast. Sam, uh, such great food, um, and we got to talk movies and stuff. So that was fun. But uh, anyway, uh, I got off on a fucking tangent here. Bear with me. I'm trying to keep focus through the spider web of, of dried hops in my fucking brain this week. Um, so uh, we ended up going there right from the airport and then had a bunch of tacos. And then that night, um, I was excited to go over to meet our friends over at Creative Solutions um, because of the sponsorship and everything. And we have met them face to face. Um, and uh, Kruda got an invite to go I think it was through the union. He got an invite to go see a special screening of Top Gun, which sounded fucking really cool. They went down to Chinese Man's Theater. This is what's really cool about Los Angeles. This is what's really cool about conventions out here is that the parties and the screenings are fun. So he ended up going down, watching Top Gun in the Chinese theater. And then uh, there was a Q&A with the director and the cinematographer and two, uh, two other folks. I can't remember who they were. Uh, so he went and did that. And Gina and I went to the creative solutions party, which was also a taco party. So <laughs> bringing it back to where I started here. So we walk in really cool. A lot of young folks. We met a lot of new people, um, got to check out some of the gear, got to meet the ladies over there that, uh, work the sponsorship deals. Love all those folks. Um, and then it turns out Alyssa was there. I was like, what party is this? I thought, I, I, is this Framio? No, she's here too. Uh, so Rooney was there. I got to meet her, hand her a pin. Um, and then I can't be in the vicinity. I can't be in the same space with a fire grill and taco meat and not have any. I just can't. I had just had an ass load of tacos previously. And then I said to Gina when we got there, I'm like, I'm not going to have any tacos. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go inside. And just the smoke and the smell and the sizzling meats. 
I got about mm, 30 minutes and I'm like, I gotta go get mine for the taco thing. <laughs> it was bad. I needed it. Um, and they're great. Really cool. And I'm always just like, there are a bunch of nerds there, right? And everybody's nerding out about like monitors and monitor resolution and, you know, handheld camera stuff. And like, what are you shooting and what are you doing? And I'm busy like staring at how they're cooking the meats on the fire. That's basically what it's like to hang out with me in an event like this. I'm just like, hmm, the seasoning and the seasoning. Like I'm very specific on like the citrus amount that they're using and ah, really cool tacos, really fun party, really crazy event. Um, <laughs> this is why I love Gina. So they have one of those photo booths, right? So it's, it's not really a red carpet thing, but they set up the backdrop and they do the photo booth thing and they set up like a... It's an iPad, essentially. And you can actually, you can either take photos or you can do GIFs. And so Gina went, set us up with a bunch of people that we were just talking to. She's like, oh, let's all take some GIFs together. And so she took GIFs. She took GIFs. And then her move is that she just, um, what do you call it? Airdropped. She just airdropped it to every phone that was available. So I'm standing in line at the bathroom at this place and this guy comes out who I don't know. He opens the door and he's on his phone and he looks at me and goes, why the fuck did I get an airdrop photo of you in this place? It's genius. It's a way for her to, uh, you know, get us uh, to meet people. <laughs> this fucking dude, just the look on his face. Why the fuck did I get an airdrop photo of you? Who are you? <laughs> um. So yeah, we had a blast there. That's where our week started. Uh, next day, took it a little easy. We did some bike rides uh, during the day. We did some hanging out, catching up. It had been a little bit since Kruda and I were in the same space. You know, watched some stuff on TV, watched some movies. Not even fully, just like watch movie scenes. It's what we kind of do when we hang out. Um, and then just talked about food and what we were going to hang out and have. Uh, we ended up going out to dinner with, uh, Will, my buddy, Will Simmons, screenwriter, Will Simmons, my friend, Brett McCabe, another, uh, podcast guest. Um, and, uh, we went out to dinner in Silver Lake, um, had a great time there. And then of course the night continues, right? Gina's obsessed with doing karaoke. She has been... <laughs> studying uh white room by cream i don't get it i don't understand it's completely not her generation i love that about her her obsession with like 70s like uh, psychedelic rock is funny to me um but uh, she's like we got to do some karaoke so we ended up going down to koreatown have you guys been to the koreatown bars here in los angeles for those of you who are outside the city koreatown has become really like a hot spot for for nightlife and strange nightlife for for those of you who live in los angeles you're like it's not that strange well remember the people outside of this city they're just like that looks like a fucking strip mall you know you show up to a place it looks like your standard strip mall where there should be like a dental uh facility in there maybe a place that like you know shampoos dogs you know and maybe there's like a convenience store right um, but in these little strip malls in Koreatown, there are amazing food places, fantastic chefs, um, and like hidden little speakeasies in uh, so a lot of karaoke bars, a lot of karaoke bars down there. Um, and so we went to the spot. I'm not going to remember the name of it, and I should have put it together. 
but it's a hidden little bar um, that we had heard had private karaoke rooms. And so I had never been in this place before. We go to the spot. Um, and it looks like we, it looks like you go in through a loading dock. You, you technically do. You go in through the side, go in through this loading dock, and there's a guy out there who is a doorman in quote unquote. You have to, you have to uh, scan one of those, um, what are they called? The QR codes. You have to scan a QR code off the wall, fill it out, let everybody know that, uh, you're not a COVID carrier, whatever the fuck. And then this woman comes out through, you know, like sort of like the, plastic that uh keeps the heat or the air conditioning inside of a loading dock she comes out to there and she's just like okay follow me and we walk down back through like there's a kitchen next to us there's this thing next to us and she walks over to a vending machine and she's like can i get you guys a snack now i don't know what the correct answer is uh you know but you know we've been eating the whole time and so we were just like no we don't want a snack I guess we answered it right because then she just opened the vending machine. So the vending machine actually swings open on the wall and you step through into this really fucking cool bar area. It's like a bar. It's mostly a bar. That's how we describe it. Fucking really cool. Very dark lights, but like reds. Uh, the vibe is very eighties. Uh, they have an entire wall that looks from the distance, it looks like um, glossy uh, tiles, like the like really sort of rectangular tiles that you would find in like an old bathroom from the 70s. But it's cassette tapes, you know? So this whole wall has been tiled in cassette tapes, which is super cool. Um, they have like walls of like stacked old school TVs, old school waveform monitors, uh, all old tube stuff, which is fun. Uh, they had like a boom box display, there's a guy in there just playing 80s like deep cuts, so like 80s hip hop deep cuts. Uh, he looks like he belongs in Run DMC. He's got the hat, he's got the chain. He's loving it. He was a great DJ. Um, and uh, there's this really cool wall of uh, looks like high school lockers, and they're all backlit. So you have the light sort of seeping out of the you know the little slots in the lockers. Really fucking cool. And um, there are little vending machines along the way. And then there's an old school, like Doctor Who style uh, phone booth. And apparently, on the other side of the phone booth and on the other side of these vending machines, um, there are private little karaoke rooms. We couldn't get in there because they were booked. So they had been booked out ahead of time. But the vibe was fucking rad. Um, really cool production design. And then if you go through a back door, there's a bunch of for free old school arcade games. Um, and then you go around the back and there's an ice cream truck up there. Um, and out of the ice cream truck, he's selling booze and boozy ice cream, which was wild, right? How cool is this fucking place? Am I painting the picture, right? This is like bar safari, Mike, right? This was kind of like a bar safari a few days. Um, just not official. I love this bar. Love this place. I, I I have to figure out what it was called. I genuinely can't remember. I think Gina probably remembers. Um, but I fucking love it. And when I'm doing a bar safari, we're gonna we're gonna be hitting this place again. Um, we loved it. We were there for a bit. We ended up jumping from there, and we went to two other karaoke places. Uh, one was super fucking packed, and the the list of uh, to get up to sing was like 25 deep. 
We're like, get out of here. We're not doing this place. And we went to another spot, which was really fun. Had way too much booze. Oh, my God. And you have to understand, as this thing continues, we're just excited. We're excited to see each other. We're all excited to hang out, right? Each place has its own, like, weird little drinks, and you're trying all these drinks. So you're, you know, you're strapping in, right? You're, you're strapping into the DeLorean, the the, uh, the tequila-powered DeLorean. You know what I'm saying? Um, Gina did, went up and did uh, her cream track, murdered it. She's a really great karaoke singer. Um, but there's so many. Like, the funny thing about out here is that there are so many great performers, and there are so many out-of-work great performers, and there's just a plethora of them. So you go into specific karaoke spaces, and these people are great singers, like great singers. Um, it's intimidating if you're not to be in there on the list. Um, but Gina did one, and then Brett did Faith No More. Um, you know, uh, and I love, I love, love, love his rendition of it, Midlife Crisis. Um, and then we ended up going back to that super cool cassette bar. And we danced all night to the 80s tracks. What the fuck else did we do that night? I think that was it. I think that was it. Totally, totally hungover. Next morning, uh, we went on a bike ride to try to work off that hangover again. Thank God I did. Um, and then just Cinegear, man. We ended up going to a really great uh, Adobe party. And if you guys haven't been, so, all right. So there's a lot of young listeners on the show that are always asking me, you know, how can we make connections? How do you get sponsors? How do you get connections with other filmmakers? Um, if there's a convention, if there's a convention that comes your way, um, you definitely should attend. Cinegear was free, which is always a beneficial thing, right? Um, but then uh, if you uh, follow a lot of our sponsors on Instagram, and if you follow a lot of uh, the companies that you like, they'll post that they're doing VIP parties. And sometimes you'll get an invite to something like that. And then the next thing you know, you're rubbing shoulders with some really fascinating people. Uh, Cinegear seemed to be a very uh, cinematographer-heavy convention, more so than most other conventions that I've been to. So a bunch of these spots that I would end up in would be just loaded with cinematographers, a lot of shooters, uh, a lot of directors, um, and then uh, a lot of gearheads and stuff like that. Um, so it's wild. You end up sitting around uh, having food, having beers. And if you're not an introvert, you know, if you have the opportunity to just sort of go, hey, what's going on? How are you? What are you like? Especially in events like this, because most people there want to be there for that reason. And a lot of people are shy, you know? And so if you're just, a, don't be an asshole, right? Don't be a fucking weirdo. But if you're, if you have the ability to just be like, hey, my name is Mike. What's going on with you? What are you doing here? What kind of stuff do you do? What's happening? Then you start to meet people. And I met some great cinematographers. I met some great uh, director duos, some really fun fucking people, uh, some fans of the show. It's always, it's always wild when I meet somebody who does like epic work and they're like, we love your show, man. I'm like, Whoa, what? I wasn't wearing pants that day, that episode you were listening to. <laughs> um, but the Adobe party was a blast. It was a blast. Uh, I got to hang out with Charlie. You meet these people. If you're lucky, you'll meet people that are selfish, are selfless, 
not selfish, selfless, right? People that are willing, if they like you and they like your work and if you're cool to them, they're willing to introduce you to some amazing people. They're willing to promote your show, to talk about your show. They're willing to talk about your work. Um, and Charlie's one of those guys. He's a great dude. Um, he introduced me to some amazing folks. I met Victor over at Fujifilm. Um, I met all sorts of other shooters and editors and like gaffers. Um, it was just a lot of fun. Moral of the story, as I sort of talk about how cool my week is, um, is that make sure you put yourself in situations like that. Make sure you put yourself right place, right time, right? Because you never know. If you're sitting around expecting your work alone or maybe your Instagram account to get you access to things or to to uh, get you in the room to meet folks, it's not, it's not going to happen. And it won't happen fast enough. And then half the time, it's like, most of the people that I meet on Instagram, it isn't until I really meet them in real life that the connection is, is solidified. You know what I mean? Um, and so if you have an opportunity to, do, to go to one of these conventions, I know they have them in, uh, and not just Cinegear, but I know that there are all sorts of different sort of gear conventions. There are writing conventions. Um, there are artist conventions. There are comic book conventions. Uh, the benefit of these spots isn't just to go look at the tables and look at the new gear and look at all that stuff. Cause who gives a fuck? You can see that, uh, online, right? It's to go and talk to the people that are there because you, you know, like a fucking creative bug light, there are certain types of people that are drawn to those things. Um, and it was, it was crazy. It was crazy how many people that have been on the show, uh, and that listen to the show were drawn to Cinegear. So I would just be rubbing elbows and bumping into people and seeing folks. Um, it was a lot of fucking fun, man. It was a lot of fun. And the Adobe party was a blast. They put on a really good party, man. Um, they're good folks. It was open bar all night. Oh my God. The tab on that alone must've been through the, although, you know, everybody subscribes to Adobe. So, you know, um, but it was awesome. Met some cool folks. Um, and, uh, we were hanging out with our buddy, Mike. Um, and, uh, I don't want to say what company he's from yet, but we hang out with our buddy, Mike. And he's like, we got to hang out tomorrow. And I was like, okay, cool. And this was Friday that we were doing this. So Friday, then, uh, next day, uh, in the morning I go to actually walk around the convention. So I haven't even walked around the floor at this point. We kind of did but I just want to walk around. I want to see what's out there. I want to see the new gear. I want to see what vendors are doing stuff. And it's always nice to go meet with the vendors that we already have as sponsors for the show. And then they introduce us to their friends and then potentially they become sponsors of the show. Um, I got to see uh, in real life, I got to see my buds over at Indie Pro. You guys know that Indie Pro is a sponsor of the show. They do amazing batteries. They do all sorts of uh, camera accessories. Um, and these guys are the most New York guys that you'll ever meet. They're so sweet. They're really nice. No bullshit. Um, and it was so much fun to see them. Um, and then uh, who else do we see? I got to meet reps from Sony. That guy's really fucking cool. And my buddy Mike from another company who's in the meet group. He's one of those dudes in my meet text. Uh, I've been talking to him for over a year about recipes and about food. Uh, all sorts of different stuff. 
And uh, we got together. It was wild having like me, Kruda, and him, like three meat guys. Whoever else was around us, they would just be like, oh my God, here we go. They're going to talk about barbecue again. <laughs> so we got to hang out with Mike and he was like, dude, let's like come hang out at my hotel. Let's do like an impromptu, like hangout sort of party thing at my hotel. Awesome. And uh, let's go out, right? Afterwards. All right. Sounds great. Uh, met up with Rick Darge. You guys heard him on the show multiple times, director and actor Rick Darge. Uh, we met up briefly at Cinegear and we walked around and looked at equipment and lenses and specialty lenses. Rick is a huge lens nerd. Um, and we got to see that stuff, which was fun. And then, um, then we went to the hotel. Oh, okay. To the point, to the title of the episode, right? How the fuck did we get into the ASC clubhouse? Now, for those of you who don't know what the ASC is, watch movies. Watch movies and look at when the cinematographer comes up. And a lot of cinematographers have that little uh, tag at the end of their name, ASC, right? It's essentially, uh, it's not a union, but it's a collection. Uh, I, let me do this right. It's a collective of cinematographers that you have to be uh, sponsored into or uh, invited into or uh, go through this long process of getting into. And it's a quality thing, right? So they they promote quality. They promote a specific type of image. Um, and if you're in this clubhouse, you want to talk about nep nepotism, but if you're in this clubhouse then um, you have access to all these folks. If you're in that, if you're a member, you can basically show up to this place that is like this weird little oasis, like right off of sunset, right? So it's right, it's, you can see the magic hotel, you know, the hotel for, mag for magicians, which by the way, we've been trying to get into, but the only way you can get into this hotel is if you know a magician that is a member of that hotel. Just talking about weird little clubs out here, man. Um, so it's right there. It's this like little nest thing. And so our buddy Mike, um, who works for a company, I don't know if I'm allowed to say any of that stuff, but our, our, our buddy Mike was like, hey, man, I've got some access to this place. Do you want to come with me? And he was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Hell yeah, man. Um, and we went. Uh, took us a minute to get in. <laughs> and then we did. And it felt like we were crashing uh, the ASC party and they were having like this barbecue, which they had okay barbecue, says the snob. It was all right. They had okay. Their tri-tip, pretty good. You know, potato salad. Mm, you know what I mean? Uh, what a douche. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was wild. We walked through like this, like sort of hedge maze way. And then we're in this spot and they had, it's, it's kind of like a little it's like a little craftsman house almost. It's like this little bungalow um, with like a big, big, big front yard, big front area, which they had tables set up in. They had bar. They had uh, a band. And so they had, I think, a Mexican band playing. Um, and then uh, they were setting up for food because they're doing barbecue, which was all catered. Um, and then uh, the inside of the house. So uh, Cruda... I think he had been there once before. I think he'll correct me if I'm wrong, but he had been there once before because he won the emerging filmmaker or the emerging cinematographer award that came through the ASC one year. 
I think that's how he had the connect. Um, and he's like, you got to come inside. You got to come in inside and see all the different photos they have of legends, legends that have created um, the tools and the craft and the images that define this art form called cinema, right? Legends. Um, so we got to go into the space, which was really fucking cool. They had old cameras in there. They had really great photographs in there. And then, you know, Gina and I have, you know, we have this, this, <laughs> this ability to just sort of like walk through places that we're not supposed to go into. I ended up walking through to like this, it looked like a, um, a meeting room. So there's a big table, a bunch of chairs in there. And there were two cinematographers in there chatting. I got to go in and say hello, which was cool. Um, one thing that I learned being there, because if I can get, if you get in there, then there's a reason why you're in there, right? It's not like they're getting a bunch of randos from the street. So if you're getting in there, you know somebody, you're part of something, there's a reason for it. This is why these clubhouses are uh, useful. Um, but I noticed this, they're all cinematographers. So as soon as I go in there and I'm introduced as a director, it doesn't matter what level the cinematographer's at, whether they're brand new or whether they've been around for fucking 60 years, they're drawn to you as a director. It's wild. They're drawn to you and they're drawn to what it is that you're doing and how you speak about things because they're all looking for relationships consistently throughout their entire career. New relationships, new team-ups, new collaborations because a cinematographer needs a director. Um, the same way... And I'll say this, the same way a director needs a cinematographer. Yes, there's a lot of directors out there that shoot their own stuff, but is it as good as it could be if you were working with a cinematographer, right? And I'm not saying that you're not good at your art of uh, framing things or shooting things. You're talking to a guy that did it for years, both, but I did it for music videos, right? That's different. Music videos is a different deal. All you're doing at that point is monitoring performance, right? making sure you get the coverage for the stuff, making sure that someone's strumming the guitar the right way. You know what I mean? And even if you're doing like a narrative music video, come on, it's making sure like the hot model that you cast to walk down the hallway to play out like this really played out narrative, story narrative that we put in videos all the time, you know, walks through the doorway and hears the music and the, her life changes. Yeah, right, get in line with the rest of us. That's not really complicated to do both those things. I'm talking about when you are shooting and directing a fucking feature film and that moment where the gaffer comes to you and goes, where do you want the 18K and how high do you want it? What's the angle that you want on that? And at the same time, your actor comes over to you and goes, where am I coming from for this scene? Right. To be able to swap hats because it's two different sides of your brain that one side's incredibly technical do me a favor and dial down that sky panel. Let's knock that down like 4%, right? And then crank the color temp. Let's make that more 6,300. Uh, hold on a second. Um, so what I was thinking is, let me ask you this question. What if uh, you were standing at line at the registry of motor vehicles before you came into the scene? What do you think of that? You know what I mean? It's two different thought processes. And I think the people that do it well have a really talented team of unsung heroes, right? Like an amazing assistant director, an amazing cinematographer, especially, uh, not a cinematographer, um, uh, 
well, that's if you're acting in a movie, so it would be a cinematographer, but assistant director, let's just say that. Um, uh, because there's no way you can keep your head on both of them. You might have an amazing script soup, right? Script supervisor will save your ass in that situation. Because if I'm shooting something, I'm paying attention to the framing. I'm paying attention to where the focus is landing. I'm making sure the dolly's hitting the marks that it's supposed to hit, right? I'm making sure that the light's coming through. There's a fucking flare that hits at this point that's not right. I'm looking at all those things and I'm not looking at performance, right? And so, hmm, one would think that if you look at uh, directors that also shoot their movies, um, I don't think they're as good. And like, uh, or the subject material that they're doing isn't very dense. You know what I mean? And I know, I know this is loaded and I know you guys are going to be like, well, PT Anderson's doing like, there's a bunch of different directors out there that are doing them both. And sure, I think it can be done, but why would you restrict it that way? Why not have a collaborator with you? Anyway, back to my point. So you're in, um, the ASC clubhouse as a director and the move is this, right? You don't introduce yourself as a director. You have someone else introduce you as a director. This is the move. Because if you introduce yourself as a director, you come off fucking desperate, okay? And everybody that works in this business is a fucking director. Like every asshole has directed something. So to walk around Los Angeles and, and try to put that badge on your fucking shoulder and be a special snowflake, good luck. Because everybody here somehow, some way, has directed something. I took my iPhone out last week, and I had my roommate walk down a hallway and pick up a sandwich and put it in his mouth, and I filmed it, directed it. So I have a director. You know what I mean? So the move is to have somebody else tell, talk about you and talk about your work. And you don't prompt it. You just wait for it to naturally happen. When it happens in that situation, then it becomes interesting because someone's vouching for you. Right? Fascinating when you think about it. Um, and so I was lucky to have that. Gina was lucky to have that because she was also with us. Um, and we got to meet some really fucking interesting people. Uh, and I would say the highlight of it is we got to talk for quite a while with Stephen, Stephen Poster. Do you guys know who Stephen Poster is? Okay. So he had, was the cinematographer on a little film called Donnie Darko. Donnie fucking Darko, man. He also shot Rocky Five. He shot uh, Madonna's Like a Prayer video, right? And he also was additional photography. I think he was second unit on the original Blade Runner. <laughs> this guy has been around for ages and he was so gracious, such a wonderful dude. And it wasn't like we sought him out. We were just in the space looking at some photos, taking some pictures. Um, and he just, he was there. He was there. I think Cruder might have known him. He was there. Conversation started. I got introduced and he was just in. And I was in with him. And if here's another thing. If you're having a conversation with greats, if you're having a conversation with people that you respect, be present. Don't be thinking about what cool thing you can tell them that you've done because it takes a lot. There's nothing I've fucking done that this guy hasn't seen before. There's nothing that I've tried to create that he really hasn't heard about before. He may not have seen things the way I had put it together, but I'm not carrying my fucking short film reel. I'm not carrying something with me that I'm like, oh, oh hold on, Stephen, let me pull up my iPhone and let me show you this new piece. That I it's fucking boring, right? 
if you're going to talk to somebody that you respect and that you admire, and it's difficult um, uh, not to be intimidated by these people, right? And not to be awe-inspired or, or, inspired or tongue-tied. And there are still a few folks that if I meet a few folks, uh, I'm sure I would still be like, oh my God, fuck. But over the years, I've learned through music video directing and directing, uh, you know, minor celebrities um, that they're just people. They're all people, especially if you're directing folks. You understand that they're just a human being and you understand what their insecurities are. And you understand what's going on. Um, and so if you keep that in mind, when you're hanging out with somebody that you think you're going to be intimidated by and you stay present in the conversation and you genuinely listen to their conversation and you actually ask questions about what they just said, genuinely, then it becomes an interesting conversation. It becomes something that's more. Then you become remembered by those folks and then they feel more comfortable around you. Do you know what I mean? A little tip for a lot of you young filmmakers out there that are always like, what do we do and how do I meet people? And you know, there, there are chances that you meet somebody that you think is going to be amazing and they turn out to be kind of a, you know, kind of a dick, but that's rare. Most people are just insecure at whatever level that they're at. Most people in this business have that imposter syndrome issue. I mean, how many people that we've had on the show that we've talked about that? Um, so we connected pretty quick. We all did. We had a great conversation with Steven to the point I have to reach out to him tomorrow I'm going to try to get him on the show. Would you guys like to hear from Steven on the show? Uh, I mean, this guy has like Stuart Little too. Let me look at his. Let's take a look here. Filmography. What's he done lately? He's done. See, he's done shorts and in, in, uh, documentaries lately. Uh, he was a, a director of photography on an episode of Hemlock Grove. Hmm, fascinating. Um, the Box. Oh, fascinating. Weird. It's to Donnie Darko, Boys Life 2, and it's interesting. Next of Kin, Madonna Like a Prayer video. Oh, here we go for a bunch of you big fans. Big Top Pee Wee. He shot that Pee Wee Herman movie. Uh, someone Watch Over Me. No shit. Hold on a second. Yes. Oh, man, I wish I knew that when I was talking to him. Okay, so he shot Someone Watch Over Me, which is the Ridley Scott movie that a lot of people haven't seen. It stars Tom Berenger and Mimi Rogers, and it is gorgeous. It is a great movie. Put this on your list to watch. Someone Watch Over Me. Um, the lighting in it, it's a, it's that time period for New York City where it was dangerous, right? It's like late 80s, still kind of dangerous place. Um, and you just feel it. Oh man, I'm just looking at the trailer that's playing right now. It's got all those Blade Runner like water reflection things. Fuck man, I wish I. Okay, so I'm gonna get him on the show to talk about that movie. Um, so yeah, so anyway, we're at the AC Clubhouse, standing in line with a bunch of cinematographers eating barbecue. How ironic could that be? Um, and they're hit this point. <laughs> they're at this point where they had a cornhole game set up. You guys know what cornhole is, right? You know, the two boards with the holes, you throw the beanbags, play that game. And uh, <laughs> we started cornhole <laughs> at the ASC clubhouse. We're playing fucking cornhole. 
in like competitive cornhole playing where we're screaming at each other and <laughs> oh what a funny fucking situation you know happened quickly no plans didn't wake up that day saying hey we're gonna be at the ac clubhouse i didn't know fucking 45 minutes before we were there and the next thing you know uh we're tossing bean bags with cinematographers that are designing cameras to photograph the uh earth in a whole new way you know weird 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 los angeles can be so weird and exciting Sometimes it could be, you know, a you know, relentless bitch sometimes too, but it can be incredibly weird and exciting. Uh, if you put yourself in the right place at the right time, you put yourself in the situations where you're meeting people and you never know, you never fucking know who you're going to meet and who they know and who they introduce you to. You never know. When I was younger, I used to make the error of looking towards the biggest person in the room. Like I should make connections with the biggest person in the room. Those connections never really pan out, right? Maybe you know them, maybe you don't know them, maybe you get fucking super lucky. But it's the it's the other people. It's the regular Joes. It's the people that uh, are in a minor role at a company at this point in their career. And then five years, 10 years from now, they're running that company. They're in a really, really great position. And if you're genuine friends, if you're genuinely connected with them, they're there for you. Those are the people that you got, that you're looking for. You know, those are the connections that you need to make. People that inspire. You want people that are either inspiring you or supporting you. So whenever you go to a convention, keep your eye out for that stuff. I hope some of this in my rant uh, you found uh, useful for that. Um, because, yeah, I basically just want to come on here and tell you guys what a fucking weird week we had. So, yeah, we did um, ASC Clubhouse and then... <laughs> Then we went to the Rainbow Room, man. Holy shit. I love that bar. Do you guys know the history of uh, the Rainbow Room? And do you know the history of the Viper Room? All those old bars from back in the day. Um, you know, like all 80s rock stars prior to that, like the Doors and all those folks. The Rainbow Room is essentially like an Italian restaurant. It is, a, it is an Italian restaurant. You go into the spot and there are like these red booths um with like these old red leather chairs in them you feel like it's all been there since the beginning of time um and it's just loaded with rock and metal paraphernalia you know signed drums from uh the drummer from guns N' roses a bunch of slash stuff fear my buddies from fear factory have signed stuff in there um it's just amazing and they're playing rock and metal music the entire time and so when you go, if you go inside outside is where the infamous bar that lemmy would sit at all the time that's outside um but if you go in um you can sit at these tables and order some you know whatever trashy italian food they have really fun chicken tenders and shit you know a bunch of overpriced beers but the atmosphere is worth it um and then if you wait around long enough the upstairs opens so then you go upstairs and upstairs is where all the magic used to happen back in the day and by magic I mean, some weird shit with rock stars and, and uh, you know, band-aids. You know what I mean? And uh, it's wild, man. We went up and stayed. There was like, there's like this little treehouse thingy that's up inside there that we went up and drank in, which was fun. Um, but there's so much history to bars like that. So much history to bars like that. 
Um, and then our night continued. Our night continued. We ended up at Jumbo's Clown Room. And if you guys have been out here to Los Angeles, you know what Jumbo's Clown Room is. Weird. Fun. We hooked up with our buddy Stu, Stu Valberg, who has also been on the show. See, this whole week was just show buds, right? Real life. Uh, Stu is in town. I'm not allowed to talk about what he's working on, but he is uh, second uh, unit assistant director on a massive, massive movie out here with a huge director. Um, And so he came out here a few months ago. I think he's going to be out here through fucking November. It's crazy how much time it takes these things to get shot. How much time of his life that he puts into these. It's nuts. Um, I'm going to try to get Stu back on the show while he's out here. Um, But we hung out with Stu. uh, (laughs) And we went to, uh, we wrapped the night up by going to a rave. (laughs) I bought a fucking cowboy hat at a rave. (laughs) Oh, it was epic. It was a crazy, crazy adventure out here with wonderful people, really good friends, great food, too much booze. Uh, oh, my God. At one point, Gina was passing around a Fitbit. This fucking freaked me the fuck out. She was passing around a Fitbit because everybody was, like, interested in what their heart rates were. And most people are falling into, like, the 65, right? Maybe some people in 70s. Um, when I was out, I was, like, 122. So I was on the phone with my doctor this morning. I was like, what the fuck's going on? So yeah, that was nuts. 122 on the fucking Fitbit this weekend. Uh, so um, maybe meats, maybe thick blood. Who knows? Maybe medication's doing something weird. We'll find out. Why'd I do that to myself? Anyway, um, probably to save my life, dickhead. Oh yeah, okay, all right. Uh, so yeah, it was fun. We ended up at this rave, bought a cowboy hat, listened to some music. Uh, it was a very safe rave. Uh, my buddy uh, Mike Tran brought us, and uh, it was fucking a blast. Uh, yeah, and that was um, Saturday, the epic day. Um, so ASC Clubhouse, fucking weird, right? Um, and then yesterday, so then we wake up on Sunday, have no plans. It was like, what do you want to do? I don't know. You want to do some more bar hopping? Do you want to go to breweries or something? At this point, I'm bloated, right? I'm like an overfilled air mattress. I'm like, ugh. And so uh, Cruda was like, let's, let's barbecue, dude. Let's barbecue. I was like, right? We've got the barbecue boys in the group, in, in the house right now. He says, this is a white guy. Um, so uh, we did. We uh, put together a last-minute barbecue, and what do we do? We did. Here we go. All you barbecue nuts are pulling up your little fucking, uh, your little pieces of paper. You want to write down some shit? Okay, so I did my my classic uh, Trashy Wings by Smoked Wings, which uh, Mike had only seen me post in the barbecue group. He had never tasted them, so of course I have to make those, um, which are really great. Have I, get, have I given you guys the recipe for my wings? If you guys want to know the recipe for my wings, ask me. Ask me. Tell me. Do you want me to do an episode? Do you want me to do something that I just talk about recipes? Because I totally will for you guys. Um, so I did our trash wings. Um, Kruda did these amazing, uh, it was almost Korean spiced pork belly um, with melted marshmallows on it. Wild. 
right? I'm posting pictures of that on Instagram today. Uh, maybe some video. And then we also did, oh, the star of the fucking show was um, uh, tomahawks. So we did tomahawk ribeyes. Uh, I bought fucking three of them. They're massive. Uh, Stu came over. Rick came over. Uh, Mike, his buddy, came over. Um, Tran, his girl, was here. Gina. So we did three ginormous ribeyes. Um, I smoked them, reverse seared them. So I smoked them, then tossed them in a hot cast iron with butter and uh, rosemary and garlic. And they were the best steaks that I've ever made. The best. Says Trump, the best steaks I've ever made. I can give you that recipe too. Let me know. I, by the way, I do have food episodes coming. I might do one later this week. I've just been delaying them and I can't delay them any further just because some of the sponsors have been dragging their heels and they're waiting for the next quarter. And so I've been trying to wait for sponsors to get on board, but fuck it. I think I'm going to drop at least one of them this week. So those of you who have been craving food stuff will be doing that. Um, yes, Love Sandwich is still there. It's still something that I'm going to be doing. The segment of the show where I talk about uh, guests' favorite sandwich or sandwich that changes their life and we get into it. That is still coming as well. Um, so definitely strap in for all that stuff. Um, but before we get into anything else, I should just take a minute here. I want to promote, it was Sin and Gear. We are talking about gear stuff. Um, you know, I got to see all sorts of really interesting new stuff from like Frame.io, and they're not a sponsor yet. They're gonna hopefully going to be Frame.io. Um, but the stuff that they're doing right now where you're shooting and it's uploading proxies as you're shooting into Frame.io so that your editor can be cutting and grading and all that stuff while you're fucking shooting is nuts. That stuff's really cool. Um, but uh, we got to hang out with our buds over at Indie Pro. Now, do you guys know what Indie Pro is? All right, well, let me tell you right now. Indie Pro is the one-stop shop for all your power needs for your pro video and DSLR cameras. Indie Pro offers a wide selection of professional V-mount slash gold mount batteries and chargers. We have the gold mount batteries. I love them. Battery adapter plates, which I'm using to power uh, our small HD stuff, as well as my Blackmagic and as well as our wireless video, all into this V-plate, excuse me, battery plate. Makes it easy to power everything, makes it easy to stay on top of it. There's nothing worse than shooting on fucking set and having one of the small batteries go down. You're like, fuck, hold on. You know, the actor starts to get the performance vibe. Uh, you don't want to get into it. Uh, these solutions that they do are compatible for most popular brands in the market today, such as Sony, Canon, Blackmagic, Panasonic, and numerous others. Uh, they are located only 30 minutes from New York City, which means that Indie Pro manufactures and assembles all of their power or many of their power solutions in-house. So they build all these things in-house, meaning that they're not doing it over in China, meaning that it's faster to get them. And also it gives them the ability to customize any of their power solutions to fit customer-specific needs, specialty needs. So if you're trying to uh, power up a special rig and you need cables run a certain way, um, these guys can put it all together for you. Pretty cool. Right now, they're offering a special discount code today for 20% off your entire first order from IndieProTools.com. So if you guys need some new batteries, you guys need some new stuff, uh, go to IndieProTools.com and use the promo code LOVE20, that is L-O-V-E 20, at checkout to receive the discount. 
20% off any of our power solutions at IndieProTools.com with the code LOVE20. Uh, speaking of gear, speaking of folks that just spent big time bucks on gear, maybe you just bought that new Aria Alexa, maybe you have some amazing lenses. This is something I was talking to Crudo about and a bunch of the cinematographers about when I was there. And these guys make great money, really great uh, passive income on their gear. They rent it out. And this is something that they do. They make good money, right? So if you guys are in the market to buy a set of lenses, maybe you're in the market to buy a specialty camera piece, maybe you just have a bunch of gear that you're not using all the time, rent it out, dude, right? Because then while you're waiting for the next job to come in, while you're waiting for work, or it helps you select your job smarter, right? Because if we're desperate and I need rent and we're feeling desperate, then we're picking jobs that maybe we should say no to, right? Maybe the client really doesn't have the amount of money that is needed to do this. And it's just going to be a fucking nightmare for you. Have you ever noticed that when you just say yes to those shit little jobs, they become the biggest fucking pain in the ass every time, right? Someone's like, I've got like 500 bucks. And then that client likes to treat the job like it's a $10,000 or $100,000 job where they want multiple revisions on the edit. They want you to uh, have all the specific stuff on set. And hey, how come you don't have production insurance? You're supposed to pay for all this. You know what I mean? Those clients are the worst. And you're only saying yes to those clients because your bank account is low and you can't net 90 your landlord, just like some of your clients net 90 your fucking paychecks, right? So do yourself a favor, put your gear up for rent. And what better way to do it than with ShareGrid? Do you guys use ShareGrid? ShareGrid.com. How many of you use it? Let me know. How many of you use it to find gear? How many of you use it to post gear? get rentals for gear. How many of you are afraid to put your gear up because you're afraid that someone's going to fuck up your gear? That's a valid fear, right? These guys take care of it. Let me do this read. ShareGrid.com, you can earn extra money renting out your camera gear to local filmmakers and photographers. ShareGrid vets every renter. This is the important part. They vet their renters and, and they give them all access to instant insurance meaning that they give them access to insurance to make sure your gear is always covered against damage or theft for 100% of its value. So it's protecting your gear. Um, ShareGrid is the largest camera sharing community with over 150,000 creatives sharing over 1 billion, 1 billion worth of equipment. Sign up today at sharegrid.com backslash ILWP and get $100 worth of promotional credits for your listing, for your gear that you put up there. Apparently, uh, it's $100 to help you promote your equipment on sharegrid.com. So go to sharegrid.com backslash ILWP. So not only are we helping you out by getting you access and some credits to promote your equipment, which will then pay your rent, but by you using our, our code, we keep the sponsor, which keeps our lights on here. Um, and if you're even going to rent and stuff, just bookmark sharegrid.com backslash ILWP and use that all the time. I just want them to know that you're sending, that you guys are going through there. Like I said, sign up today, sharegrid.com backslash ILWP and get $100 worth of promotional credits for your listings. You can list all types of gear, camera, lighting, audio, grip, props, and even locations. Really anything production related. Don't wait. Start putting your gear to work. Sharegrid.com backslash ILWP. There it is. 
Um, also supporting the show, as always, our friends over at Puget Systems. They weren't at Cinegear this year. I miss those guys. Um, but if you're in the market for a new computer, you want to buy an edit system, build a brand new edit system, build a PC. If you're someone that runs a post-production facility, and I met a bunch of you at the Adobe party, um, and you guys are looking to upgrade your gear and equipment, look into building a PC. If you need a company that has great customer support, a company that has been uh, benchmark testing all of the gear and all of the uh, uh, combinations of gear with hardware and software, uh, Puget Systems is the best place. Go to PugetSystems.com, use them as a resource, check out their systems, uh, and build yourself a computer that is going to fucking blow your mind. Another company that supports us that blows our mind are our friends over at Jambox, jambox.io. If you're someone that is editing and putting together stuff and you need stock music, I, I can't say this enough. Jambox has amazing music. I've been using it for all our projects, and I look like the fucking big man with all the clients because I do. Because most of these clients don't have the money to hire composers. They don't have the money for good music. They show up with like $200, right? You do like this huge fucking edit. And they're like, here's like 200 bucks. Go to a stock music website. Jambox has saved my ass. I find tracks and sound effects on Jambox that elevate my work, that make it seem even bigger and better. These guys have been known for supplying music for like Michael Bay's trailers. They did music for the ambulance stuff. Uh, so they do big, 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 big stuff, high quality stuff. They run Jambox like a record label. So head on over to jambox.io, check out the subscription plans and uh, change your work, man. Links for all of this is in the bio of the show, the description of this episode or at inlovewiththeprocess.com. All right. So yeah, gear, pins, barbecue, booze, high heart rate. <laughs> It's time for me this week. I'm uh, on a diet this week. I am on a, a strict workout regime. I'm going to try to put one together today. And then um, you're doing some writing this week and uh, recording some podcasts this week. We got some fucking weird guests coming on, which I'm excited about. We're going to break out of uh, some of the uh, art fields that we've done before. I think I'm going to talk to some furniture builders and people that work with wood you guys excited about that? And I've been getting your suggestions for guests, right? I just put in today, I put in uh, calls out for uh, two guests that I was suggested last night. Um, so I hope you guys have been liking the show. It seems like it. You guys digging it? You guys liking the guests? Is there something that you would like to hear me talk about more? Is there a topic that you guys want me to dig into? Is there something that uh, you haven't been able to find answers about online somewhere? So many of you youngins are like, where can I find the YouTube video that will teach me this stuff? Do you know how many older dudes that I talk to? Amazing guys and girls that have done a phenomenal work that are consistent, consistently like, don't just go on YouTube. Talk to people. Go out there. Get a job. PA. Be an assistant. And you will put yourself fucking 10 steps ahead of the person behind you who is just sitting at home and watching YouTube videos by a lot of people that aren't working, right? I run that fine line. I run that fine line, man. As soon as I stop working in this industry, I'll stop talking about it when I do the podcast, right? So as soon as I don't know what the fuck's going on, as soon as I'm not out there shooting things and doing stuff, I will stop talking about it because I just don't believe in, in, in like regurgitating the shit that I just watched on YouTube on my show and pretending it like 
I, I have some new idea. And that's most of the content that exists out there. So be sure if you really, 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 really want to learn about this business and you really want an opportunity, go to conventions, go to places where there are people, like-minded people, go, like find the bug lights for creatives and get drawn to it yourself and then talk and ask questions and maybe have some barbecue. All right, there it is. Today's impromptu episode. I'm going to leave you guys now. Let's see. What do we got going on here? Hold on. Mm-mm-mm. I'm I'm live mixing today with my little mixer here. Ooh, all right. What do you guys want? You guys want some Betamax on the way out? You want some Neon Droid? I know you're thinking Betamax, right? Let's do it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. And uh, as always, I will see you next Tuesday. That's for you, Stu. Mm-hmm.